0: Welcome to everyone. We're glad that you're here today and uh, welcome you and pray for God's blessings upon you today as we worship the Lord together. We welcome our guests, especially this morning, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family. We have a, a wonderful family of God here who loves the Lord and loves one another, and we hope that you'll feel very, very much a part of that love today. One of the things we like to do is to spend a moment greeting each other. So let me invite you to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you. Find somebody you don't know or don't know very well and introduce yourself this morning. What a joy it is to share the love of Christ with one another. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention this morning. Uh, uh, First of all, let me uh, remind you of our attendance sheets that are on the inside of each row on the uh, uh, clipboard there. I'd like to ask if you would to take that, fill it out, and and put all the information, check the appropriate box, pass it down the row, and then pass it back if you would. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, Several things are going on this week. Uh, school has started, and so there are a lot of things happening. Uh, this afternoon, our kids will be going to Burdett Park after church, and uh, so we invite our children to come and, and be a part of that uh, that outing this afternoon. Uh, I've never been there, but I understand it's just a great place to go and have a lot of fun. So, uh, So you kids come and join us for that this afternoon, and the cost on that will be $5.00. And, uh, as I, as I mentioned, school started and that means that upward basketball and cheerleading is right around the corner. Uh, we are already in high gear in preparation for that. Uh, the flyers will be, uh, distributed in the schools this week. Um, and very shortly we will be, uh, doing evaluations and setting up the league. Uh, in, in conjunction with that, on August the 15th, we will be having a kickoff banquet here at the church. That's on a Wednesday night, uh, at 6 o'clock on August the 15th. And we invite everybody to come and be a part of our kickoff banquet for Upward Basketball and Cheerleading. Doesn't matter if you have participated in the past or not with Upward. Um, we invite you to come and be a part of this, and I hope I, I think it 'll be an inspiring time for you and a time uh, for us to celebrate uh, this wonderful ministry that we have so put that on your calendar August the fifteenth and um, let 's see this saturday chris we 're having the the breakfast this Saturday is that right this Saturday we will be uh, hosting a breakfast for the football team uh, for the the colonels and uh, wishing them a, a good season and a safe season and uh, and also uh, uh, giving support to the new coach who is here and letting him know that uh, we'll be praying for him uh, during this season. Uh, so we'll we'll be uh, doing that on Saturday at 10 o'clock, I think, is that no nine o'clock. I'm sorry, nine o'clock, nine o'clock. I was thinking 10 o'clock, that's am a little late, but uh, nine o'clock on Saturday morning. So. Uh, We invite you to come and be a part of that as well. Uh, Larry, did you have some announcements?
1: Those are going with us to Burdett Park this afternoon. Again, we're saying first grade through. Uh, If you're younger than that and you want to bring some mommy, mommy or daddy with you to help, then that would be great. Because that's a big old, big old place and we cannot stay with everybody because you've got the water slide areas where they've got several of those and the diving areas and the play areas and all that. So we appreciate it. We're going to meet over there. Our pizza is going to be delivered about 12 o'clock or just a little bit after. And that'll be ready to go there. So we need you to gather at that spot when we get through. Also, this Wednesday night is a kickoff for all of our music organizations. We have three children's groups. One is PK Kids that you see advertised there and, and then music makers. The new one is going to be called Act One, which is a creative communication type of thing. Uh, It will be drama. It may be puppets. It may be signing. It may be a lot of different kind of things that have to do with worship. This group will be the ones we use to do worship things with. Uh, I won't have to call people on the phone and try to ask people to do stuff. It will be those groups that will memorize and learn and do the things that we're doing. So it's a little bit different. They may get a chance for a music thing once out of the whole semester or something. But uh, that's going to be the newest, it's 4th, 5th, and 6th graders. We are taking it up to six because we know we have some talented folks in those areas. Uh, it's not music, but it'll be those other things that we do in that kind of way. Uh, we do have a sign-up table at the back. If it'd be easier for you to sign up today and not have to sign up Wednesday night, we have the sign-up things. All you have to do is go back there. The green is for Act 1. The yellow is for uh, pre, uh, PKs, which is... Uh, uh, Cindy Hall's group, uh, Music Makers, which is Sarah Warren's group, and uh, so you'll meet them when you get here then. And but uh, we're we'll glad to have you to sign those today.
2: To knock is to communicate. To knock is to worship. He knocks.
0: Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door,
2: I will come in and eat with him and he with me. His knock assures me that he is there. His knock lets me know that he wants to spend time with me. His knock shows me that it's time to listen. To knock is to communicate. To knock is to worship. I knock.
0: Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who finds, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will
2: be opened. My knock. Tells him some things that he already knows that I have a need. My knock tells the world that I know that he is there. My knock proclaims that I believe his abilities to meet needs. To knock is to communicate. To knock is to worship.
0: Let us knock on the door of the Lord and pray. Let us this day, O Lord, which you have made and given to us, let this day be a day of gladness and joy. We bless and honor you in this house that has been dedicated to your glory. We praise you for the privilege of prayer. And as we pray today and as your word is proclaimed, we pray that... You would send forth your word so that we may hear your will. We pray that you would send forth your light so that we may clearly see your way. And we pray that you would send forth your spirit so that we may be empowered to follow. May we, in response to your invitation... Pray, ask, search, knock, receive, and find through our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
1: sharing with you today. If y'all want to come down here in this area, it's as a stool instead of a chair. That looks different. If you need somebody to have come somebody with you, that would be great, or have put those words in the right order, and you'll have that somewhere there. And I would be glad to have any of you who want to be with us.
3: Sounds pretty sweet, doesn't it? You know, I was reading a devotional this week, and the devotional said something about being willing to share your spiritual gifts with others. And that just struck a chord with me, and I thought, well, for about almost 60 years, I've had this pent talent of being a musician, and mostly... My work has been done either in the basement or the garage with the guitar, and I thought, there's no need to do that anymore. And I might as well just go ahead and, and just share this with others since we, we are encouraged to share those gifts. So what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to um, play just a couple of hymns for you. These are old, familiar ones. And you will uh, immediately pick up the, the, uh, the hymn, And just as soon as you know what hymn I'm playing, you either just let me know what the title is or you can just go ahead and start singing the words. So, now here we're going to go. Here's the first one. Now, tell me what song this is. That one. <laughs> Pretty close. Um, I'm surprised that someone didn't pick up on that. That was a uh, shine, Jesus, shine. Um, we sang that in church just the other day, and uh, you know, shine, Jesus, shine. Fill the, fill the Lord with the Father's glory. Okay. Well, that one may have been just a little too difficult, so. I'll tell you what, uh, let me make some adjustments there. of so these strings or chords or whatever aren't exactly lined up, I don't think. So I'm going to make a couple of critical moves here. And um, i tell you what, now here's another one now. This is one that uh, all of you will know because you sing this one in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. it's one of the first songs that we always learn in the church. So now listen to this one. All right, now what about that one? I'm surprised some of you didn't pick right up at the words. No. Jesus loves me. It's what it was. I was going to... Pam, you blew me out of the water. I was going to call on Jerry Martin because he's always calling in on WSON. to name at him if I've got a prize. Well, pretty well, I'm afraid the gig is up as far as uh, my musical abilities. Um, As much as I enjoy music and enjoy listening to music, I suspect that it would be better if I kept my musical uh, playing in the garage or in the... uh, the basement. But, uh, I thought I heard an amen back there. But, um, you know what, uh, uh, the, the devotional that I read, it mentioned that we all have opportunities to serve God in some capacity. And, and I was thinking about that. In this church, I think we are so blessed. We, we do have just some wonderful musicians. And, and uh, Besides just Jacob and, and, and Nibby, and uh, I, I can't—I don't know how many times, how many Christmases I've heard Lou sing Oh, Holy Night," and I can't imagine a Christmas without not hearing that. I mean, that just, that's just—that's part of my Christmas tradition anymore—is to hear Lou when she when she sings that. I appreciate that so much. I think about the people in this church who have. I don't know if you would call it the gift, but people who pray so eloquently. Uh, I'm not good at praying in front of people. I'll be the first to admit that. That's right in there with my musical abilities. But I, I have heard those in our church who do pray, who seem to have the thoughts and the words that go together that just make a, make a beautiful prayer. And I think that's a gift. I think about people in this church who have been so kind to me when when I've gone through difficult times, who maybe have come up and said some comforting words or said something to me, and it meant so much to me. And it may be that I didn't even say anything to that person, thanking them for doing that. But, But I think there are people that have that special ability, that gift, that they can visit with people who are going through difficult times and say things that may may be really encouraging and offering some hope. This morning I was thinking about when we drove into the parking lot, I looked at the shed that's just been built here. And because I also have no carpentry skills, it's just amazing to me when I think about people who have building skills that can actually set those posts in concrete and everything seems to be in square and it levels up and and what a gift that is. And if they, you know, Those people would do that for our church. I think about people who maybe do some of the things that really don't get a lot of recognition, maybe, and not that they're seeking recognition, but those that maybe serve in the the Salvation Army when we do the meals, or those who faithfully show up every week. To mow the grass you know that's a big job that's a hot sweaty job and it doesn't get just miraculously you know a miracle of god that it gets mowed every week somebody has to show up to do that so those are all gifts that people are willing to to offer to the church and what i want to do is to read to you the devotional that i read but i want you to remember that there are opportunities for each of us to serve God. And I think what our responsibility is, is to find those ways and those things that we are good at and that that we're willing to offer those in in his service. And God is going to present us opportunities. It's just that we have to be aware of what those opportunities are. And this is a devotional that I read uh, that made so much sense to me. What gifts has God bestowed upon all of of us? How can we use those gifts to his service? Some are blessed with the gift of music, others with the ability to reach children. Some are endowed with the vision of leadership, some with the strength for physical labor. Others' talents are artistic or intellectual, yet all of us can find a way to serve God. Into each of us, God has placed potential. And to each of us, He will present opportunities to use that potential for His service. Thank you.
1: Our favorite hymn today is actually was written in the fifties. Now I know probably half of you were born after that, but still, so that to you it's an old song. To those of us who did that when we were little kids, it doesn't seem so old. But I have decided to follow Jesus as three o five, and we're going to do that first, and that. Fourth verse, someone wanted us to do this because it's one of their favorite on their list. And we're going to do that today. We let you remain seated as we sing that together. Join us as we sing that old hymn, Tell It to Jesus. We probably haven't done that in a while. First and second verses of that, and then the chorus. Some of you will know, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. But first, the first two verses of that, 451. Let's stand together as we do that.
2: yet another day we have to come and worship you. Please be with those who are suffering and are in need. Bless these these tithes and offerings for the work of your kingdom. Amen.
0: Some people say, amen, and I say, wow. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I can hardly sing that song without getting a bit choked up and, and uh, catch a little something here in the throat. What a powerful, powerful song that is. And it also is our scripture lesson for today, so I won't bother reading the lesson because we have already sung it. Um, If you worked in the post office, you would probably run into all kinds of people, some very friendly people and some people who are not so friendly. And there was one postal worker who says that she's used to dealing with moody people. Uh, She tells about one particularly irate customer who stormed up to her uh, desk one day and the postal postal employee uh, responded in the calmest voice that she could. What's the trouble, ma'am? And so the customer began angrily and said, I went out this morning and when I came home, I found a card that the mailman had tried to deliver a package, but no one was home. I'll have you know that my husband has been home all morning long and he never heard a thing. Well, after apologizing, the postal employee got the woman's package and the woman said, oh, good. We've been waiting for this for a long time. And so the postal employee asked, what is it? And the woman said, it's my husband's new hearing aids. (laughs) Well, no wonder that explains why he didn't hear the mailman when he tried to deliver the package. Folks, have you ever noticed that when we speak to one another, there, there are some people who can't hear us and others who don't even listen to us? But when we speak to God, we speak to one who hears all of us and who listens to all of us. Today, I want to talk about the perfect prayer. And it is, of course, the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer, as it's some, sometimes called. Most of us know it by heart. We sang it just a few moments ago, it, it, and it can be found in Matthew and in Luke. With almost identical versions, the version that we're accustomed to praying has been honed and polished over the years. But it is essentially the same prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray ages ago. And I can tell you that one message is not enough to do justice to the Lord's Prayer. Perhaps one day I'll do a whole series on it. But for today, Perhaps we can spend just a few moments trying to capture the, the beauty and the significance of this wonderful, ancient address to God. The prayer begins with an acknowledgment of who God is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The image that Jesus gives to us of God is not that of a detached observer of earthly affairs, as the deists believed. Instead, Jesus tells us that God is our father, our divine parent. Now, this is very critical in our understanding of prayer. Because we know about God's power. We see that in the the wind and the storm and the waves of the sea. But but does God care? That's what we really want to know when we kneel in communion with God. And the answer, of course, is yes. God cares for us very, very much. In fact, the very foundation of Christian prayer is God's love for us. God cares about God's children, just like a loving parent cares for his or her own children. And to emphasize this point, just a few verses after teaching his disciples to pray, Jesus said, Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake If you, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your divine parent give good things to those who ask? God is our parent who loves us very, very much. And that makes all the difference in the world when we pray. So when we approach God, we do not do so with a sense of fear. But with a sense of respect. Jesus says, God is our father, but God is also hallowed. Now, the word hallowed means that we treat God's name with holiness and our Jewish ancestors understood the, uh, the concept of the holiness of God in a way that uh, that we may not fully understand. They steadfastly resisted making any kind of image of God. In fact, they resisted even trying to describe God in any way because they knew that that God was so high and so much uh, so far above us and beyond us that no description of God could do God justice. Nothing would be adequate to describe or or to, uh, uh, to tell about who God is and what God is. They even considered God's name to be so holy that it could not be spoken by human lips. Even today, Orthodox Jews will not speak the name of God. And if the name of God needed to be written down, The scribes that would write the name of God would go through a ritual of taking a bath before writing the name of God, and then after they had written the name, they would destroy the pen. So you see, God is our divine parent, but God is also holy, hallowed. And the Lord's Prayer begins with an acknowledgement of who God is. Then it moves on to an acknowledgement of what God wants. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My friends, the whole theme of Jesus's ministry was the coming of God's kingdom on earth. The reign of God in every human heart. And this is indeed God's plan for God's creation. That God's love and. God's compassion and God's holiness will permeate the heart of every human being on earth. And I know that we're a long way away from that, aren't we? We're not there. We're not even close to there. But that's the goal. That's the plan. And so Jesus taught us to pray for God's kingdom every time we pray. And that means that the ultimate purpose of prayer is to bring our minds into alignment with God's mind so that we might become instruments of God's will here on earth. Some of you may have heard that wonderful story about the pastor who looked out his window of his home one day and, and saw a shabbily dressed man walking up to the front doors of the church. This was a concern for the pastor because this was a rough neighborhood and the man looked around and made sure nobody was watching, and then he slipped inside the doors of the church. Well, this made the pastor even more uneasy, especially when it happened again the next day and the day after that and the day after that. So the pastor finally decided to to spy on the man and find out what what this guy was up to. And so the next day at his usual hour, the man appeared on the steps of the church, he he looked around, checking to make sure nobody was watching, and then he slipped inside the church. This time, the pastor took up a post where he could watch him. First thing the man did was to take off his hat and hold it rever- reverently over his heart. Then he slowly walked up to the front of the church and he put his hand on the communion rail and he said, Jesus, it's Jim. Jim. That was his whole prayer. That was it. Jesus. It's Jim. He didn't say anything else out loud. He just wanted to touch base. Well, it turns out that he worked in one of the factories nearby, and he was coming to the church on his lunch hour to pray for strength to serve God. And in what was a very rough and coarse environment, and he could he could have poured out his soul to God, but instead he simply said, Jesus, it's Jim. Well a few days later, Jim was in an accident at the factory, and he was taken to the hospital and, and put into a ward that was full of all these rough and, and coarse characters who lived and worked in that neighborhood and and apparently this was their roughness did not limit them to uh, Uh, outside of the hospital that carried over when they were patients as well. And they were so disrespectful that the nurses often ended their shifts in tears because they had been treated so rudely. But as soon as Jim was admitted to the ward, they began to notice a change. And about the third or fourth day, one of the nurses actually heard the men laughing together. And instead of yelling at each other and cursing one another, and she just had to find out what had made the difference. So she asked one of them, why are things so different around here? And pointing over towards Jim's bed, he said, oh, it's that guy over there. And so the nurse went over to Jim's bed and and she said, I understand you've made quite a difference in this ward. Can you tell me why? And Jim said, well, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. But the nurse said, try me. And so Jim said, well, you see, every day, a little afternoon, I see a man walk up to my bed and he puts his hand on the rail and he says to me, Jim, it's Jesus And that's what has made such a difference. Somehow, uh, Jim had reverently brought his mind into alignment with the mind of God. And that, my friends, is what we are seeking when we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, some of us slip up right at this point in our prayer lives, because, you see, we try to bring God's mind into alignment with ours sometimes, don't we? Instead of the other way around. And so we we push and we prod God rather than opening ourselves up to God. We make up our minds ahead of time about what we want in a particular situation, instead of truly seeking God's will for that situation. And that's why so many of us have such a a dissatisfying prayer life. It's also why there's often turmoil in our lives, because we're not in alignment with, with God's will. But it's only after we acknowledge who God is and what God wants... That we make our petitions to God and our petitions are twofold. The first one is physical. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray that God will meet our daily physical needs, not our wants, but our needs. And so, folks, if if you're praying for that 60 inch plasma TV, you're probably on the wrong track. And if you're praying for that Hummer, good luck. Who would want one the way gas prices are today anyway? But I think we can legitimately pray for our needs. All of our needs, all of our physical needs, and that includes our health. And it also includes our concern for those that we love and those that we know. Now, quite obviously, God already knows our needs and God already knows what we want. And and that's why I don't think we should spend an inordinate inordinate amount of time on this part of our prayer. And this, again, is, is where many people miss the mark in our prayer lives, because for many people, their prayer is all about them, their wants, their needs, their desires. But a satisfying prayer life begins with God and ends with God. And so in our petitions, we begin with our physical needs and and then we move on to our spiritual needs. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We say forgive us our trespasses and our and our Presbyterian friends say forgive us our debts But it all comes down to the same thing. We are praying, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who are sinning against us. And folks, this is such an important part of this prayer. And it's one that I'm afraid that we often gloss over and and we miss the significance of it. Because you see, we, we catch the first part of that prayer, but we overlook the second part. We want God to forgive our sins But many of us make very little effort to forgive those who are sinning against us. Back in 1945, Dr. John Moiskins was the pastor of a church in Jenkinsburg, Pennsylvania. World War II had just ended and the church was having a celebration. And Dr. Moiskins uh, delivered a sermon that day titled, I Pray for Them. So who was it that the pastor prayed for? He prayed for the enemies of the United States of America, the enemies that we had just defeated at an awful cost to human life. Now, what made his sermon so remarkable was that these enemies who he prayed for were the very people who had killed his son. We see Dr. Moiskins knew the pain of war very intimately because his son, Edward, had died on the battlefield just that year. So why did Dr. Moiskins pray for those who had taken from him one of the people whom he loved the most in in all the world? Well, the outline of his sermon went like this. I pray for them because it is what Jesus did. I pray for them because prayer changes the one who prays. And finally, I pray for them because prayer lifts us up above hatred. Folks, when we pray... And especially when we pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, we are not doing this simply because we don't want our sins to separate us from God. No. We pray this because spiritually we need forgiveness and we also need to be able to forgive others. For you see, both receiving and giving forgiveness are imperative. If God's will is done here on earth as it is in heaven, both of those things are imperative. And then we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or Sometimes it's translated, deliver us from the evil one. The fact is that sometimes life is a test to us, isn't it? And sometimes those tests are pretty hard. A lot of times they'll make us stronger and more confident and more content when we finish those tests. But it's natural for us to pray like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. If possible, please let this cup pass from me. It's natural for us to pray. Please don't put me to the test. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is one of the most important prayers that some of us will ever pray. Deliver us from evil. Folks, sometimes temptations come to us. Powerful temptations. Temptations that can overwhelm us if, if we open the door just a tiny little crack. And when we are faced with a situation like that, we need, by God's grace, to completely flee from that situation. Some of you may remember that old uh, TV show, Hee Haw, with all of its corny jokes and its country music. There was one episode uh, when the doctor, played by Archie Campbell, was confronted by a patient who said that he broke his arm in two places. So Doc Campbell replied, well, then stay out of those places. (laughs) You know, sometimes that's the best advice we could get. Stay out of those places that will get you into trouble. And so we pray every day, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. These words are certainly an appropriate ending to the prayer because we begin with God and we end with God. My friends, the Lord's Prayer is the perfect prayer. It's not a prayer for the secular person to pray, and it's not a prayer to be just absent mindedly repeated like all of us have done so many times before. But this is a prayer for a disciple of Jesus Christ to pray. It's a prayer that begins and ends with an acknowledgement of who God is and, and what God wants. And it's also a prayer that if we will internalize it and make it the core of our very life, it will move heaven and earth. There's an old Calvin and Hobbes cartoon in which Calvin is getting undressed for bed and and he says to Hobbes, "Any time when you don't finish the day with grass stains on your knees, you ought to seriously reexamine your priorities." And you know something, that's the way it is with a disciple of Jesus Christ as well. Anytime you finish a day without some time spent on your knees, Acknowledging who God is and what God wants and making your petitions known to God and asking for God's forgiveness and blessings upon your life. Anytime you you come to the end of the day and you haven't done that, then you ought to seriously examine your priorities. In fact, why don't we approach God's throne right now? As we pray together once again, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen amen and amen we're going to sing a hymn of response lord here am i and it's a way for us to respond to God's work in our lives. Master, thou callest, I gladly obey. Only direct me and I'll find that way. That's what God wants of us. God calls each of us into relationship. God calls each of us as a parent calls a child. Because God loves us so very, very much. And God wants to give good gifts to you and to love you and to show that love to you each day. But we're human beings and we often no we always, almost always anyway, we always try to set up barriers between us and God and we hold God at arm's length when God wants to take us into God's arms and hug us to love us. That's the nature of our prayer life. It's built in that love. And God wants you to have that. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ into your heart and accept that love into your heart today, we invite you to do so and to make that commitment to follow Christ, to make that commitment to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life. As it is in heaven. If you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church. As we struggle along to be the people of Christ. And with God's help. We move forward towards the kingdom of God. Would you come as we sing today. uh, today, Lord here am I. Number 486. We invite you. God, here we are. We stand before you. We stand before your call to us, O God, and we pray and we tell you that we are ready and we are willing. Send us, O God, as we go from this place, we pray that we may go with your love in our hearts and that we go into this world with forgiveness of our sins and a strong and a strong desire to forgive others, O God. Help us to share the love of of Jesus Christ that you've shown to us. Help us to be the light to this world, the presence of Christ in a world of need. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.